This episode is brought to you by the wellness company's Elevated Energy product. It's a formula that contains natural ingredients researched for their ability to support mitochondrial function, which increases energy levels in body cells. I've been taking this and I swear by it. Get yours for 10% off by going to twc.health slash coffee. This is the Meet Me for Coffee podcast. With his 2000s tour featuring the Union Underground Soil, Raw, and Flaw set to kick off in March 2024, just merely weeks away at this point. I've got Brian Scott from Union Underground here with me. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, George. Nice to have you. Thank you. It's a pleasure, my friend. Um, you know, sometimes the best place to find bands, up and coming bands, and uh, a place to put bands in the map as well, um, is something like being featured on a WWE game, uh, any video game really, or being one of the main uh, entrances um, and theme songs to one of the shows. Uh, you guys had the pleasure of that happening to you guys um, for Across the Nation, your single. Um, it was the theme song to Raw on Monday nights for the WWE. Mm-hmm. How'd that come about? Yeah, it was uh, Raw was, I think it was a theme song for almost five years you know, so it, it went on for a long time. We um, we started, so there was a compilation that I, I believe it was Sony Music originally that put that together. And um, man, there's a lot of, there's a lot of bands on that. So they approached everyone about doing, about taking uh, specific wrestlers and then covering their theme songs. And um so that's what everyone was doing is kind of taking the songs that already existed and covering them and kind of just doing their own version of it. But we, you know, I, I listened to the song that they sent over and um, I just thought, you know, I, uh, I want to take the baseline. I thought the baseline was cool. It had a cool groove to it, but I thought the, you know, the lyrics of the, of the theme, you know, kind of didn't really fit a, a, a union thing. And it's like, well, you know what? let me ask these guys if I can just take the, the, a bit of the groove of the music and just write a new song around it, not using any of the lyrics from the theme or any of that thing. And they actually um, agreed to it, which was cool because um, I didn't want to just cover um, the theme, you know? So it ended up being, you know, basically a very Union Underground sounding song as opposed to us just kind of covering uh, a theme for the record. So it was really cool that they allowed us to kind of take the reins and just go out of the box like that because um, it ended up being, you know, definitely a fan favorite of ours, you know. And you'll be performing this on the tour as well, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So very quickly, my friend, um, who's your favorite wrestler? (laughs) <laughs> well you know what's funny like before we even did the uh the um track for that record and we we did one of the um wwe raw like monday night live things in anaheim those that huge arena events they would have we played one of those things prior to that i had no idea who any of these wrestlers were at all 
you know. So I kind of got introduced to all those guys, you know, at that event. Um, since then, um, I know absolutely nothing about wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what, man? It's, yeah. It's uh, something that you either either get interested in growing up and you kind of like tag along and kind of pay attention every once in a while. Um, it's- you know what? When I was a kid, when I was a kid, I, I definitely had, um, you know, a, a, babysitters you know as we all had in the day right and like mom goes off to work and like yeah, they had they just watched wrestling all day so you know i was exposed to it very early on you know yeah me, me and my cousins we'd always have these little brawls in the basement and whatever like that yeah it was pretty yeah. interesting um back to the 2000s tour uh you guys will be on this soil raw flaw let's talk about how this all came together it's gonna be uh what an excellent masterpiece on stage. Uh, talk about it, man. This is cool. Yeah, it is cool. We, uh, Tim and I from soil had been talking about, um, you know, trying to put something together for the last two, three years. And, uh, you know, it's timing. There's a lot of moving parts with this stuff. And, um, we finally got to a place where like, Hey man, this year it makes sense. And, um, he pitched me the idea about the back to the 2000s theme and kind of, you know, just uh, having a theme around the tour like that. And I, I thought it was kind of cool. You know, um, I like the kind of the nostalgia factor, but, um, you know, it is it is an opportunity also to introduce a new generation of people to the band. Um, so but the focus will be at the shows to play all of our first records in their entirety and then, you know, pepper some new stuff around it. And uh, for us specifically, we're going to do rebellion in its, in its entirety. And then cross the nation, of course, and um, a few new songs that no one's heard yet. And that will be on the new record. So that'll be, that'll be a cool treat for everyone to kind of hear, finally hear some new stuff from us. Well, that's awesome, man. Uh, announcing right here that there's a new record in the works, new stuff. If you go see yeah. on tour um, this coming March and beyond, uh, you know, the band born in 1996. Uh, can you share a bit about the band's journey up until now? Uh, like, how did they come together? And uh, what have you guys been up to besides getting ready for this tour and writing? Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, Union isn't my only project musically um you know i have a band called cult to follow to that i've been focusing on for years and um so that you know i always knew that union underground at some point would be something that i would revisit when i had you know the songs that i thought were right for it and um you know that came to be in the the last few years just working on new music but i thought for sure like this these have to be union underground songs so um you know but as far as as far as our initial god 96 that's crazy yeah i mean i guess we did kind of start we had um some weird version of it you know that far back um put out a self-titled ep in like 98 and uh it actually had some of the songs from rebellion on it like kind of different arrangements and things like that but um, so we toured, you know, we put out Rebellion and toured for several years. And, 
you know, uh, that camp just, we, I, we just kind of got to a place where we just creatively just kind of hit a wall, you know, which seems crazy when you've only made one record. Right. But, um, I think, you know, there's a lot of time prior to your first record that people don't realize that like, there's a lot of time spent before it, the world knows about you, you know, so the camp had been around, had been together for a long time prior to the world knowing about it. Um, but you know, I mean, sometimes things come to a close and it was just kind of time to move on. And I knew that at some point I would want to revisit it when the time is right. And the time is right. And um, I have fantastic musicians in the band at the moment. And um, I'm, I'm excited about the new record. The time is now, you mean. The time is right and in, right now. Um, yeah. 1996, like just thinking about it, probably you feel old. I feel old. I remember where I was in 1996. I was in like senior kindergarten or something like that. Yeah. I remember writing 1996 on like a, you know, beside my name and the date, whatever like that. Um, and, and, and talking about time shifting and whatever like that, and you've navigated through shifts in the music industry, obviously. Uh, what advice would you give to aspiring musicians uh, today? Uh, yeah it's the the landscape has changed so much man from from when um you know when i was first getting started in the business it's there's a lot of benefits and there's a lot of drawbacks i mean now there's so many avenues and so many platforms and technology has made it to where uh you know anyone that owns a laptop and has some tenacity and some talent can put a record out, you know? And I think, I, I think there's, there's a plus and minus to that, you know? Um, I, for the artist, it's a plus. Sometimes for the listener, um, I think you don't get the best quality you probably could being in the new environment. If you just, if anyone can just, it's like, it's like, it's like getting on Netflix, right? It's the same thing. You can, it, anyone that can, that can with the camera and some ideas can make a film. Doesn't mean it's going to be good. You know, I mean, back in the day, it's the same with, with music, but you can get it out to the world. And that's a, that's a cool thing for most people. But I think for the audience, sometimes they suffer a bit with the quality versus quantity you know I fully uh, agree with back in the day else. back in the day you had you couldn't just the amount of shit you had to endure and prove to the world before your record ever hit the radio was monumental you know now you know anyone can just anyone can just throw it up from their laptop on spotify and there they are they're they're available to the world now it probably won't see the light of day for majority of them, but it's, uh, yeah, there's plus and minuses. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's a very different world. I, I kind of miss, I kind of miss how much you had to go through to be known to the world, you know? Yeah. It kind of, it kind of, it kind of, it kind of, um, you know, it builds character for sure. You know, 
Yeah, I fully agree with you. I mean, like the sometimes the quality is not there. Uh, the musicianship is not there. Um, of course, people are putting together some great compositions, and you know, it's just not something they could pan out live. It's sometimes more fabricated. Yeah. Like I really like raw music um, stuff that's like got more feel, and and like that's why I like rock rock music and alternative and metal and whatever because it's authentic, right? You know. Yeah. Sometimes there's some like digital digitized drums or studio studio musicians that come in and help you out. But, um, you know, you're known for blending alternative music, alternative metal, uh, sorry, or an industrial rock elements. Um, how would you describe the evolution of your musical style um, personally uh, with, you know, Cult to Follow and the future of the Union Underground um, and how your influence shaped that? Um, I, you know, I, I really have kind of an eclectic collection of influences. I mean, I, I listen to everything from, I love old seventies kind of Zeppelin and, um, you know, more laid back stuff like Tom Petty and those, you know, that kind of stuff. I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of just kind of classic seventies stuff. Um, but and I also love, I'm a huge fan of, of 90s music, Alice in Chains, Soundgarden. Um, those things, those like that, the 90s really influenced me in a, in a kind of lyrical sense, like more, more as a singer, but you know, some of the 70s and 80s stuff like, and it, you know, uh, the 70s was kind of before my time, but like once I got older and I was playing guitar and you know, I like to revisit older things, you know, and find out why it was so impactful. Right. And, um, man, I just love old Zeppelin stuff, the Eagles, Tom Petty, all that stuff. I mean, it's just, the songwriting is just so fantastic and, you know, and just organic and, and, and I don't really follow a lot of new stuff. Like e even if, um, even on this new record, I mean, there's a lot of kind of modern elements on some of it, but um, I wouldn't know what to equate it to because I, I just really don't follow a lot of modern metal stuff, you know, at all. I kind of, I tend to stick to the classics as far as just my listening preference, you know. Absolutely. Who are your, your favorite uh, guitarists, for example, who's someone that you look up to? you're right it's really authentic the, the the rock from the past is so authentic and that's why i think guys like you know maynard james keenan like he he can stand mm -hmm. his ground he's so real and raw like we talked about earlier um but who are some of your favorite guitar players mine is eddie van halen right across the board um wow yeah i mean that that's kind of yeah i mean it, i can I remember having a, you know, one of the old uh, Walkmans, right, as a kid, and I had Screaming for Vengeance and Van Halen One. Those are the only two cassettes that I owned, and I just listened to them endlessly. And I, I just remember thinking that that Eddie Van Halen just, it just, it was so beyond. Uh, just sonically and just the plant, what everyone was doing, it was fantastic. I mean, it just had such a, a feel beyond what everything else I heard 
was doing, you know. Eddie Van Halen is definitely one of them. Um, I'm a big, but I love just kind of blues, kind of rock players too. Like I'm a huge Slash fan. I love Slash, you know. Um, I like guys like Jeff Beck, you know, going way back. And um, uh, I mean, you know, the guitar player thing's endless, but uh, I kind of, I, I lean more towards the, the, the bluesier side of guitar playing. Like I'm not really into shredder guys and stuff. Although I do, I do love like classic Inve Malmsteen records are that first record's phenomenal. I mean, you know, but then I think all that shredding stuff just got kind of homogenized and, you know, and these days too, you have no idea, you know, with all the editing capabilities, I mean, you have no idea like who's really playing, <laughs> you know, what their playing abilities really are, especially with that guitar stuff. It's like you can edit it all and it's just, it all sounds the same to me, you know? Yeah, I fully agree with you. You know, I had a chance to see like this uh, G3 or G4 show with like Tosin Abbasi, Zach Wilde, Steve Vai, and yeah. the headliner was Ingwe Valmstein. Yeah, I can handle it, but like really don't like it. You know, it's just like, I, it's, I, it's so like it's, overdriven and, and repetitive and whatever. So, yeah, you can play fast or whatever, but you know, you, like we want a guy with feel. Like I feel like um, Jimmy Page is one of the guys that has some feel. Um, somebody who's invoked mm-hmm. is Johnny Winter. Um, you know, I love Johnny Winter. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, and you know, there's so many guitar players who just got overlooked. Um, who was one? You know what? Special- I I have a uh, sorry to cut you off. I I have a uh, a, a cover of Frankenstein. Um that I've had sitting on my computer for several years that I need to it eventually leak to the world because it's actually pretty cool. Because, you know, I, at, at heart, I mean, I am a guitar player, you know, um, and I have actually several instrumentals that I've never released, but I have a cover of that, um, which is kind of interesting, you know. I'm glad you brought that up because uh, I haven't dug that up in a long time. I'll have to revisit that. Thanks for bringing that up. Hey man, you know what? He, I, he's, he's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Is someone I discovered because I'm, 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 you know, I'm only 35 at the, this point. Right. But so like when I was reading guitar world back when I was 10 years old, I like this one guy that is always overlooked and this Johnny winter, he just showed a picture of yeah. this man sitting in a chair in front of a couple thousand people. Yeah. So just show up and play and, um, we got really into them, man, and I'm really excited to hear what else you got uh, compositions on there or covers or whatever. I would just keep releasing them because I have people do enjoy them and whatever. So um, it's just um, it's something music connects people, connects the masses. And how have you have you uh, engaged your fans over the last few years? And um, have you grown any good relationships with your fans or what's something special that you guys have a bond with um let's talk about some great fan moments that you remember um you know what i i really try to stay you know especially these days with social media like i try to stay as engaged as possible i mean i always i respond a lot to comments and i i really take the time to um you know make sure that people know that i see them you know, I think that's important, you know, and, uh, and I get a, I get a lot of response to it too. Like, Hey man, we appreciate the effort you put into this. 
and and that's nice that you know people recognize that um god man i mean you know over the year i mean just touring and stuff there's amazing moments with people um you know i mean it's endless it's, it's really it's impossible to kind of pick one you know i mean it's just everyone's when, when you're playing live and and you're doing a meet and greet and you're just kind of meeting people and hanging out and it's nice to be able to do and on this run is uh this back to the 2000s we're going to be doing uh you know venues that are size that cater to that you know we'll we'll definitely be hanging out with everybody and um i enjoy that you know it can be you know um it can be really an opportunity to connect with people where you just wouldn't like, I don't like to like just do a show and go to the bus and split. And like, I mean, I like to talk to people and I like to know what moves them about what we're doing. And, and, you know, it's a learning experience for me as well to talk to fans, you know? And this is one of the things that, you know, for it's kind of bad saying this, but it's also good. The pandemic um, that just happened. Um, it's bringing a lot of these bands, these bigger bands, the smaller venues. So it's forcing them to be with the people. And that's what I love, man. It's getting you back down to the same level that people actually want to see. Like, I'm going to see Red Hot Chili Peppers in the summertime is not in a big arena. It's in like a very small venue. Yeah. Every ticket's like through the roof, but it's worth it. Right. People enjoy yeah. it more. It's more intimate and whatever. And yeah, like, you guys can go through the crowd, you know, have, grab a drink, whatever you guys have to do. And maybe people come up to you. You can take some pictures, you know, people like to buy merch when you're there. Um, I'm like five yeah. death punch where they're never there. Um, but they want to sell you the same shirt for 75 bucks. Um, yeah. Brian, this has been great, man. Um, this is called meet me for coffee. We're brewing conversations over coffee. Do you drink coffee? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. My, 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 my usual morning, uh, brew is, uh, called Rudamaya. If you're familiar with that, no. um, I like to, I like to grind my own beans and, you know, uh, do it from scratch and uh, yeah, it's really good. And, and it, it might be, it might be a, a regional thing only. I'm, I'm not even sure. Um, cause I, I'm down here in Texas, so it might just be a regional thing. Cause I've asked a couple of other people if they, if they're familiar with it and they said, no. So, who knows? Well, I'll have to check that out. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, Ruta Maya. Yeah, Ruta Maya. Yeah, man. I'm gonna have to really check check this out. I appreciate your time. I know you're a busy guy getting things ready for this tour. Um, of course, yeah. trying to spend all the time with your family as possible before you guys yeah. leave. I understand that as well. I appreciate you. I wish you all the best on tour and I hope to talk to you once again. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Meet Me for Coffee. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe, share the podcast and follow us on all our social media pages. You can check out meetmeforcoffee.co for more information. Until next time, friends.